And as we look at these wonderful verses here, I want to ask you a question. So what are some good things to put in a care package? I found out um, this weekend that the grandchildren, all the grandchildren in college that uh, my in-laws have, uh, they sent them a care package. Um, I didn't know that. I asked Ellie what was in the care package, and it made me for a little bit want to be one of their grandchildren. Uh, <laughs> and it was some good stuff. Sorry, it was only the ones in college. So the ones that I know some of them were here, and they're like, wait, we didn't get no care package. Wait, when you get off to college, I'll give you. What would you put if you had some good things to put in a care package? What would what were some of the things that you'd put in there? Cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Cookies. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Skittles. Skittles. What are some other things? Um, notes of encouragement. What's that? Notes of encouragement. Ner- notes That's of encouragement. Bars. Yeah. <laughs> Attach the candy bars, right? <laughs> Toiletries. Toiletries, right? Um, yeah, believe it or not, that's that's very important. Um, I got some, uh, I'm not going to mention anything, but uh, <laughs> some of the things that some of them have said. What else would you put in a care package if you had to send out a care package? What are some things that you put in there? Fruit. Fruit. Yep, you want to put some fruit in there. Um, starts with an M. Money. What What do college students need? They need money, right? Uh, throw, a little, throw a little money in there. Give them a little, you know, here's a $20 bill or something, or 50, well, now $50 bill or uh, we had a we had a guy in the church who went off. He was deployed, and um, this was years ago. And we asked, you know, as a church, we want to be giving to them. So, you know, what can we send them? And so, and so um, the, the wife, you know, very very nice family, said anything whiskey. <laughs> whiskey cigars, whiskey drinks, whiskey stuff, and I thought. That's a little whiskey for a fam- uh, church to do, right? Because, I mean, how, I, I don't know how it would look if I'm packing a box of whiskey and whiskey cigars and whiskey from the church. We love you and everything. Right? That's a, I, 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 was, I really struggled through that one, but that really, they, that's what they wanted. They wanted something like that. So it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, um, it, it depends on the person. You know what's neat about sending care groups, uh, care groups, care packages, um, is that you know the person and you know the little things they like and just putting those little things in it. I remember when a group came down and they said, what can we get you guys in Argentina? And without hesitation, I said, Rice Krispie Treats. (laughs) We can't get them here in Argentina. And so he came with a bag of rice, I mean a, a suitcase Rice Krispie treats. I mean, you would not believe. I ate Rice Krispie. It was coming out of my ears after that visit. I mean, I just, I chomped every Rice Krispie. I loved it. I went nuts on the right. Then my stomach started hurting and everything was done. But it was amazing. He knew exactly what I liked and he gave it to me. Watch this here. Watch what he tells us about God's care package or love package, as we call it here. Look what he says here in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. This is an amazing passage here. He says here, see, and, and really he's, he's calling our attention. He's saying, behold. He's saying, direct your attention to this. Reflect on this. Think about this. Ponder and study the love of God. 
When, when was the last time you just reflected on, you've, you've studied it out, you've, you've pondered on all that it means that God loves you? You say, it's been a while. Well, it's going to be this morning. We're going to do it. We're going to look at all that it means to, to reflect on God's love package to us, what his love is really like for us. And he's calling our attention to it. He says in that first word there, behold, see it, love it, do it, think about it, reflect on it, ponder it, ponder his love. You say, what is it so amazing about God's love? Well, look at this passage, what it says here in 1 John 3, 1. It says, first of all, how great a love. What manner of love? This is an interesting word in the Greek. It really means from what country is this love? From what world is this love? Do you remember when Jesus calmed the storm and they, they said to him, what manner of man is this? Who is this guy? He's saying, it's really the word that speaks of out of country or of what country or a foreign kind of love. It's a love, look what one person says here. Stout captures their original sense. He says, the father's love is so unearthly, so foreign to this world, that John wonders from what country it may come. Isn't it amazing that different countries show love differently? I mean, Italians kiss each other. COVID. Oh, yeah, COVID killed it. <laughs> Italians actually show love. Germans, um, I don't even know if they have souls. <laughs> I'm going to get jumped after this one, huh? <laughs> I mean, you know, man, some of you guys, you know, that was a good and tight one, right? But anyway, uh, <laughs> Germans. Germans are very, very stoic. That's okay. They show their love in a different way. Indians show their love in, in, in different ways. Um, we had an Indian missionary come, and he was saying when they get mad at people, they take their shoe off. That would be fun. <laughs> My mom must be Indian because she took her shoe off a few times and threw it at me. <laughs> That's different. That's a different one. But anyway... Uh, She's watching that, Mom, I love you. But um, <laughs> people show their love in different ways. John's like, what country does this love come from? This is so foreign to us. In fact, it says here, God's love is so foreign to humankind in that we cannot understand the magnitude of such love. It astonishes, it amazes, it creates wonder within those who properly reflect upon it. I mean, why in the world does, does God love us and love you? Somebody says, well, I grew up in a Christian home. That doesn't mean anything. Some of you say, I, I go to a church or I, I try. Look at, look at what it says here in this passage. How, how great a love. What, where does this love come from, the Father? And look at it, it says, has bestowed on us, has lavished on us. Has given to us. That word bestowed is the word for a gift. His love is a gift. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. Amen. In fact, here's what makes God's love so foreign to us. We love people who are lovely. I fell in love with my wife because she is a lovely person. And when I saw my kids... For the first time, I, I, I fell in love with them. I mean, this is amazing. My children, 
Joshua, he, you know, says, took my breath away looking at him. The brown hair, the brown eyes, the beautiful smile. My other ones had blue eyes, but that's all right. But the brown hair, blue, the brown hair, the brown eyes, my breath, I could, I, just amazing. How, how did I have a kid like this? Unbelievable. And I look at a wife and I say, that's how I got. Well, you know, look, we love the lovable. We, we love, we're attracted to that. They, they, we stand and wonder at lovable people. We, we run away from the ones that aren't so lovable. God runs to the unlovable. There is nothing in us that attracted his love to us. Don't ever miss this. He didn't look down from heaven and say, wow, I got to love that. That's amazing. I got to love that. No, nothing lovable about us. Just his great gift that he bestowed upon us. In spite of us. And if that doesn't cause you to be amazed with his love. We can never earn it or ever deserve it. He, he looks down in spite and he's attracted because he knows that we have a great need. And that need is to be transformed from, from sinners to saints to, to people who don't know him, to people who do know him, from people who don't have a relationship with him to people who do have a relationship with him. So he initiated that love towards us. And his love has a purpose. Look at his love. His love is purposeful that we should be called the what? Children of God. Now don't miss this because this blew me away. I've been singing the song for years. Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us, right? That we should be called the what? Wait, now say the song. That we should be called the sons of God. Now, don't miss this. I know in some translations, the word sons is there. But did you know that John doesn't use the word sons? He uses the word children. There's a difference. You say, what's the difference? Watch this. This blew me away. I never picked this up. Before. In fact, I sang the song for years. Look at this. That we should be called children of God. What's the difference between being called a son of God and the children of God? Watch this. Sons is a legal term that refers to adoption. How many have been adopted here? Anybody been adopted here? There's a few that have been adopted here. Um, let, let, me, let me say this. I thank God. I remember the day that Crystal, the, the week that she got adopted. Because she came to church and she said, Pat Jeremy, Pat Jeremy, I got adopted. I got adopted. And she's jumping up and down. She was so excited. So excited. Let me tell you, uh, the, uh, the Caleb Stein, the family, they, they adopted Peruvians. You look at their family picture, you see they have four kids and then two more kids that are Peruvians that they adopted. Now the two Peruvians look nothing like the other four. But their family. See, adoption is a legal term that says we're part of God's family. But it has nothing to do with likeness. Children, on the other hand, refers to the reality of relationship. Origin, birth, family relationship, family likeness, family characteristics. Here's what he's saying here. Behold what manner of love, 
What, what, what country this love comes, that it's a gift upon us, a gift that never goes away. It's, a, it's an amazing gift. It stays with us. And here's what it does. It transforms us to be more like the Father. Wow. Not just a part of the family of God, but to be more like the Father. There's a difference. You see it? And he says, he says, behold, it transforms. And here's what's amazing about this love. It's a gift. It's a permanent gift. The moment we accept, this doesn't just happen. We have to accept Jesus Christ. And he said to them, he gave the right to become children of God. And the moment we accept it, you know what? It never goes away. How many of you had people say, I love you, and then just leave you and want nothing to do with you? That ever happened to you? Let's be honest. Let me tell you something. God will never do that. God will never bestow his love upon you and say, you know what? You don't earn this. You don't deserve it. I'm out of here. I want nothing to do. He'll never, it just keeps going. It keeps continuing. He never gives up on us. He says, wow, look at this love. How great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the very children. There's going to be family likeness. We're going to start living like the Father and such we are. You say, this is amazing. Are there any downsides to this? Well, yeah, there are. You ready for this? Look at this. For this reason, the world doesn't know us. You want to know the exciting part? Hey, we're more like the Father now. We've been born into, into the, now we have a relationship with the Father. We're more like Him. You know what that means? We're less like those who don't know Him. You know what that means? There's people in the world that don't even understand us. You know what that means? Are you ready for the word? We are odd. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> you want to say, how odd are we? Rick sent this out. I stole it from my pretended mind. Look at this. A.W. Tozer talks about how odd we are in a number of ways. We feel supreme love for one we have never seen. I've never seen Jesus. I love him so much. Never seen him. <laughs> that odd? I remember when I was dating Katie... And we never met personally, but I, I, I was, we started to date. I had a picture in my, in my Bible, and people asked, when did you meet? Well, we haven't. <laughs> I still love her. I don't know how that was. They thought it was odd. You know what I mean? You've got to meet somebody first before you... Well, we were writing each other. We were talking to each other, but we never personally met. Look at this here. We have a supreme love. That's odd. He talks familiar. We talk with him every day to someone we can't see. That's kind of odd. It's kind of odd that we expect to go to heaven on the virtue of another. That's odd. Let me tell you else what's odd. We're odd that we empty ourselves in order that we might be full. That's odd. That we admit that we're wrong so we can be declared right. We go down in order to get up. We're strong when we're weak. That's kind of odd. We're, we're rich when we're poor. That's, that doesn't make any sense to the world. We're happy when we feel the worst. That's, this is odd stuff. Look at this. We die so we can live. We forsake so we can have. We give away so we can keep. We, we, we see the invisible. We hear the inaudible. And we know that which passes knowledge. We are odd people. The world doesn't understand that. And yet we try to fit in the world. How are we going to fit into a world that doesn't understand this? You mean you're going to heaven on the basis of someone you've never seen who died for sins? What are those? It's an odd feeling. It's an odd life. But we're odd, and the world doesn't know us. You know why the world doesn't know us? Because the world did not know him. But here's, here's, here's what's amazing about this. 
the love of God. Even though the world doesn't love us or know us or want us, guess what? He does. And it says in 1 John 3, 2, it says, Beloved, he starts it off by saying, Don't worry, you're loved. You're loved by him. The world doesn't know you. The world doesn't understand you. You're, you're odd with the world, but he, he loves you. We love you. Believers love you. And guess what? Right now, we are children of God. In the fullest sense, we are children of God. We have a relationship with God. He is our Father right now. But, are you ready for this? It's not appeared as yet what we will be. Right now, we are all still a work in progress. Right now, none of us have arrived. Right now, even though we have justification and we have sanctification, there's something missing. It's called glorification. And, and let me tell you something. We really don't know what we will be. You say, wait a minute, Jeremy, there's books on heaven, there's books on what we're going to look like, books on... Hey, let, let me just tell you something. We don't know it all. In fact, let me show you something. Let me show you a couple of verses. Uh, we, we know this. We're confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in us will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. We know that when God starts a work in us, we're going to make it by his grace because he's going to continue to work that good work in us and he's going to perfect it until we see Jesus. But watch this though. Look at this verse. 1 Corinthians 2.9 Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared for those who love him. You know everything about heaven? You know how we're going to be in heaven? <laughs> I always try to figure it out. How am I going to look in heaven? Yeah, I want amen here. I mean, am I going to have muscles in heaven? I mean, how are we going to look? I mean, am I going to be tall in heaven? I'm short now. Am I going to look like this in heaven? I hope not. There's going to be some kind of transformation there. Something's going to be different. How, how, how are we going to be there? How, how, how is it all going to work? Well, we, we don't know all that God has in store for us. We're still a work in progress. And so what he's saying is right now, yeah, praise the Lord, we are children of God. But remember this, there's something missing. We're still not there yet. Here's what one guy says. I love it. He says, we know this. We got to focus on what we know. We don't know all that what we will be. But here's what we do know. We know that when he appears... Guess what? We will be like him. Now, that doesn't mean we will be identical to him. Because there's only one God and we're not him. But here's what it does mean. It means that, and, and this is what Burdick writes, believers can never be equal to Christ since he is infinite and they are finite. But they can and will be similar to him in holiness and in what? Resurrected bodies. Don't miss this. What are we going to be like? Oh man, it's going to be amazing. We don't know all that's in store for us, but we do know this. We will have resurrected bodies. 
And they won't break down and we will have a holiness. We won't be dealing with sin like we are now, praise God. And there'll be a holiness in a, in, in a body that doesn't break down. We, know, we, we can't even fathom that. We were at the men's retreat and played a little basketball and I had to show the guys how to play ball, you know. <laughs> and I got on the court and I'm hitting threes and I'm doing this and I'm, you know what I mean, I'm showing them, you know, a little ball here because, you know, you don't mess with me with basketball. <laughs> I go lay, out, lay down on those hard beds. I mean, those beds were bad, but these hard beds. My back. I could not get comfortable. It was just killing me on the right side. What did I do? I'm falling apart. Praise God in heaven. That's never going to happen. We're never going to come home to our mansion and say, Oh man, what a day. This is killing me. Never. Praise God, we're going to have resurrected bodies. Praise God, we're going to reflect the holiness of Jesus Christ. And you know when this happens? Watch this. This is beautiful. We will see him just as he is. This will happen at our face-to-face -face encounter with Christ. The glorification that happens the moment we see his face. This is an amazing thought. I, 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 love, I love that song. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Listen to these words. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face. All sorrow he'll erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. That, that moment when we see him face to face, the glorification now is there. Praise God. And so when he comes, we will be like him because we will see him how just how he is. Can you imagine that? We will see Jesus in all his glory, just how he is. Glorified body, our Lord, our Savior, the one who died for us. We will see him. Wow. And the moment we see him, oh, incredible what will happen to us. Look what it says here in verse John 3, 2. Do you have that hope? Do you really hope to see him? Well, here's what it will do to you right now. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him, look at it says, purifies himself just as he is pure. There's something about knowing that we are a work in progress. That the Lord is working on us now to be more conformed to the image of His Son. There's something about knowing that one day we will stand before Him face to face that causes us to examine our own lives and to depend more upon the Holy Spirit and to ask the Holy Spirit to unite our will with God's will so that we can live more like the Son. You see, this truth should change us. There's something about seeing Jesus that should change us now. We shouldn't want to get to heaven and make it a culture shock. We should want to be more like him now. So the question is, what are we doing to be more like him now? What are we doing to live more like him now? We can't do this ourselves. We need the spirit of God to do this in our lives. We need the word of God to change us. We need the fellowship to help us to be more like him. We need prayer to help us to be more like Him. We need the things that He's given to us so that we can purify ourselves in what? Just as He is pure. There's the goal. 
Everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Some of you know Franny Crosby, but just in a, she wrote over 800 hymns. But one of the best that I love and, and something to ponder here is how is the promise of seeing Jesus inspire you to pursue holiness now? One of the amazing things that, that, that was written is this. Blessed assurance. Jesus is what? Mine. Don't miss this. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Now, here it is. Perfect submission. Always at rest. I am my Savior. I'm happy and blessed. Watching and doing what? Waiting. Looking above. Filled with his goodness. And guess what? I'm lost in his love. Are you lost in his love? Do you understand his love? Have you pondered his love? Do you see what where does it come from? Do you see that he has bestowed it upon you, lavished you with it? Do you understand that that love has transformed us because we've responded and accepted Jesus Christ, transformed us, and now we are children? Family likeness? Do you understand that we can claim that now, but it's still not all that we're going to be? We should be lost in his love. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not what I was. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not what I should be. But thank you, Lord, that one day I'll be all that you want me to be. And thank you, Lord, that you're bringing things into my life each day to help me to be more like your son. See, whether we like this or not or realize this or not, he is working on each one of us to be more like his son. Be lost in his love. Thank you, Lord, that you're not someone who loves me today and you'll hate me tomorrow. You'll always love me. You'll never give up on me. And thank you, Lord, that one day I am, because of your love, going to see your son face to face. And there, wow, there's going to be a transformation, amazing transformation when he comes. Glorified bodies, a holiness that we don't even know about now, and living with him forever and ever. Are you lost in his love? Are you pondering his love? Well, how is it changing your life today? Let's pray. Father, sometimes we, we look at words and we, we, we miss the meaning. And as I was going through this passage, I, w I was stuck and struck on the fact that it's so much more than being called sons of you. We are now your children. That means now, because the Spirit of God is living in us, we can reflect your likeness here just a little bit on this earth. But one day, we will see your Son face to face, and there the glorification process will be complete. And God, we can't wait for that day. But until then, Lord, help us to continually become more sanctified. Help us to respond to the trials of this life and to the insults of the world and to the breaking down of our bodies. 
in a way that brings you honor and glory. Every time we feel pain, we're reminded of the already not yet. We're already your children, but it's not yet revealed what we shall be. So let us remember that. Let us remember that we're still a work in progress. Help us at times to give grace to ourselves. Sometimes we beat ourselves up thinking, oh, I shouldn't have lived that way. I shouldn't have done that way. And, and Lord, maybe we're right, but God, you're a lot more patient with us than we are with ourselves. So Lord, help us to remember that you're doing everything you can to help us become more like your son. Help us to take advantage of listening to your word, to prayer. Help us to depend upon the spirit of God to unite our will to yours. Help us to surrender. Help us to be at rest, like the song says, because Jesus is ours. Thank you so much. We praise you and we look forward to that moment when we stand face to face with your son. We pray in his name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. If you would, please stand with us.